0: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by Superfan, and actual know-it-all, Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, out of Gastonia, North Carolina. This week we've got a pretty special guest here with us, a well-accomplished young man. By the name of Nick Hoffman, he's won a lot of big races this year, and he's going
1: to tell you about him here today. How's it going, Nick? Thanks for coming by. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh wouldn't be any better to be the two car be on the second podcast for you. So you did a really good job last week. I was able to watch that one with Strickler. So uh, I'm glad to be on here.
0: Yeah, exactly. That that was what I had in mind. You were the two car, so week two, you're on the show strickler talked about you being his arch nemesis last week so that was another thing i kind of had to get you on here and since you've already brought it up i'll just kind of start right there and see if you can talk
1: a little bit about that yeah uh kyle's obviously uh we could say we're rivals you know every good sport's got a good rival so uh dirt modified racing it's me and kyle strickler and uh we've raced hard with each other for man it feels like 15 years now but uh uh, we've kind of went off and went, you know, different directions and race modifieds all over, uh, different areas of the country. And he's obviously won, you know, all the big races and, and I've been able to win, you know, my fair share too. So, um, you know, we're, we get out and joke about it just like this weekend, you know, he was able to win and I came up short, but, um, get out and talk to him and, and, uh, you know, we're pretty good friends off the racetrack. So, um, he does a really good job and, uh, he says we're our tribals. Yeah, it's, uh, that's how it goes it's it's really it's all for fun and games really and uh the fans love it
0: yeah it seems like it's a good friendly rivalry to me yeah we had a good time out there this weekend at that race it was a lot of fun you really put on a good show coming from the rear of the b main making the show and then starting at the rear and finishing third i watched every laugh of that and man it was very impressive to say the least
1: yeah just the biggest thing uh can't have those issues happen in the heat race was leading the heat race and uh a bolt that we we've never checked before fell out of the front of the pulley on the fuel pump and and got caught into the the belt and ripped the belt and so when I went into three on the first lap of the heat I was leading lost power steering and then fuel pre- you know fuel goes goes next so uh didn't have fuel off four and they don't run very well uh you know without fuel so uh it just sucked so we put ourselves way behind the eight ball um you had to run, start last in the b and run second there um and then start 23rd and just kind of the first couple laps, bide your time and, and not get tore up. And then once you kind of get clear racetrack, pass as many as you can, as fast as you can. So, uh, it went well to, you know, end up third, uh, cautions fell our way in the right times, kind of, and, uh, just kind of needed one, maybe with two or three to go. Once I got to, to third to see if I had a shot, Kyle was obviously just kind of controlling the pace and, uh, we'll never know how, how fast he actually was if he had to, you know, get up on his horse and, and, and go. But, um it worked out good for us to run 23rd to third I was happy with that and put on a show yeah it
0: was definitely a good show indeed well man you uh started off the year pretty strong down at Volusia won the big gator again for like your fifth time I think it was yeah fifth in a row and yeah that's pretty cool it's almost like I don't even congratulate you anymore (laughs) because I'm just I expect you to win that thing but congratulations since you're sitting here tonight. So how many of those gators have you got living in your living room now?
1: Uh, the big ones, I think I have seven cause I've won the championship five times and I've won the big race twice. So that's seven. And then total wins there, I think I got 17 and I think I lead the history of the gators, um, down there between all, all classes that go. So it's pretty cool. Um, the modified guys, we get more opportunities in the late models and the sprint cars, but, um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of success down there and can't wait to get back. We actually, that's our next race is we'll go down to Volusia and, and run that, uh, Buzzy Ruderman re- Memorial deal. So, um, so that'd be pretty cool. Well, good luck in that. Are you going to be driving your
0: car or the Justin Allgaier? Right?
1: Yeah, I'll actually be back in my car again, which I was pumped up to drive my stuff again this weekend. That was a brand new car, uh, debuted it this weekend. And, um, Obviously, had a mechanical failure on something that was used, so uh, <laughs> so that kind of sucked. But uh, I'll be back in my stuff again throughout, you know, this race and throughout Florida for Speed Weeks. But uh, Justin's actually going to get back in the seven car for this Volusia race. Oh, Nice, yeah. So uh, he's, I know he's super nervous. He's like, man, I don't want to drive that thing because now I'm going to be expected to win, and if I don't win, everybody's like, well, you suck, you know. But Uh, he'll do a really good job. I'm pumped up to, for, for him to get back in that thing. We got her dialed in pretty well. So, uh, biggest thing is, you know, he's been focusing on this NASCAR deal and, um, you know, rightfully so it makes, it's what pays the bills, but, um, it's just, he'll be able to get in it now and and be comfortable and that thing should drive around the racetrack pretty well. And, uh, biggest thing is getting back laps in a dirt car for him. I think he's got a shot to win the championship this weekend. I have not been keeping up with it a whole lot. Yeah, he's had a really good year uh this year. He's had some bad luck and stuff, but you know, the biggest bad luck break I think was, you know, get to fill in for Jimmy Johnson when Jimmy's got COVID, you know, at, at the Brickyard there and and gets wrecked on pit road like, you know, that doesn't happen, you know. Oh, yeah. Just 15 laps in the race and you're driving, you know, Jimmy Johnson's car and you get wiped out on pit road over nothing basically. So that kind of sucked, but uh he's had a really good year. Justin does a good job. He's been around a long time. How how did you and him
0: become friends or whatever? You know to land that opportunity to drive his car this summer
1: yeah it's just kind of a wild deal i've known justin since he was little racing quarter midgets i was racing quarter midgets uh we're not too far apart in age but he was winning a lot of quarter midget races and stuff and then he jumped straight into basically super late models around the st louis area and uh was winning in them and man i used to re- i remember watching him at like i-55 in people missouri and He's like 14 years old in a super late mile, just beating the fence down. I mean, he was wild and, uh, he put on a show. So, uh, I've known him for a long time, the whole Augier family, they've done so much for, for motorsports in general. Um, and then, you know, this deal came along where they switched to my cars this year and got to run a couple of races for him down in Florida, just try and shake it down for Justin before he got in at Volusia. And then, uh, we got through Volusia and I ended up selling my personal car there. And, um, they had that car sitting there, and Justin wasn't gonna be able to race it at all throughout the summer. So they were like, "Why don't you come run a couple races for us?" So I went up there, and you know, at first we were like, "Well, we'll run a couple Hell Tour races." Then it turned into like, "We'll run the whole Hell Tour schedule," and then yeah, we won. Yeah. So then we won that, and uh Gator, Justin's dad, he normally goes to every single race for you know Justin's nationwide career. Um, so when this whole COVID deal happened, he's not even allowed to go to the racetrack so um so that kind of sucked that really put him down just you know he's been to he literally has not missed a race since justin got into nascar and so this deal happened and so this the dirt racing deal was able to get him back to the racetrack every every single night or weekend or whatever he wanted to go and um he was pumped up we were obviously winning races and it was going really well so uh we did the whole summer national deal won that championship and he came to me and was like what's it going to take to win this national deal I said, well, you know, like right now we're way behind the eight ball uh, as far as races to do it, um, but, I mean, we'll just have to get on the road and, and race at least twice a week and anywhere we can. We're just going to keep winning races. So it worked out and I was able to win the national championship again this year. So uh, I was just happy to, to do it for them. Um, they've done so much for me throughout this summer. And then uh, one of their fabricators there at the shop, uh, John, he was a really great dude, and he actually – uh, passed away uh, a couple weeks ago, so that really sucked. But, um, but yeah, it was really cool to race for them.
0: Well, I hate to hear that about him, but, man, you've won races this year at Lincoln, Fairbury, I-55, Sycamore, Thunderbird, Farmer City, Spoon River, Kankakee, Kokomo, Clarksville, Tennessee, Plymouth, Volusia, and I'm sure I'm leaving some out, but most of those tracks on that list I've never even been to myself, and you have went out there and
1: won at them. Yeah, you've been to a lot of racetracks, I've too. Been, yeah. yeah, I don't think
0: I've ever been to a race in
1: Illinois. So. Yeah, you need to at least get to Fairbury. Um, yeah, for sure. You need to get to Tri-City. So there, there's a lot of really good you know, racetracks around the Illinois area. I was fortunate enough to grow up in that area and watch my dad race. So, um, yeah, just to go back home, even Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, I love racing up there. Um, it's just a lot of fun and the racetracks are always really good. So, and the racers, I feel like as far as modified racing, there's not a tougher area in the country than Illinois, just weekend week out. Oh, I agree
0: with that. I've got to watch a lot of good races this year with the, with the COVID deal and a lot of good streaming races on all these platforms. And it's really been neat to stay in touch and keep up with a lot. I mean, I've watched more races than I've been to obviously this year. So it's been neat to keep up I've watched about all your races over the summer.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool with what they do to to be able to film every single Hell Tour race and, and produce it live. So uh really gets our name out there and stuff and uh they had to pick that up obviously with fans not being able to be at a lot of these races. But um man, you know, like back in March we weren't even sure how many races we were gonna get to run this year. Oh and, I know. You know, and I ended up I still ended up getting fifty five races in, which was pretty solid, so yeah, I've been to like forty five myself
0: just as a spectator and it's last year by this time I think I had been to sixty five or something like that. So it's kinda it's been a down year, but you know, obviously yeah. for obvious reasons. Well, you you originally were from Saint Louis. You were just talking about that. You got your dad and Carl Edwards actually moved out here to Mooresville, North Carolina to get a job. And I think that's a
1: neat story in itself. You can kind of tell that real quick. Yeah, so um dad He, he builds engines for a living. That's what he does. I do the chassis deal. He does engines and, um, he was, he owned his own business in in Illinois and was, uh, you know, really successful with that. He, he won the engine builder and manufacturer's championship for UMP two years in a row, which was actually 20 years ago last year. So that was pretty cool. Um, so he was able to do that twice and then he got his dabble into a little bit of NASCAR stuff through Mittler brothers, um, out of Missouri. So, uh, Mike Mittler. He was building motors for Mike and um was working in the shop and stuff. And they didn't really have any full time guys other than dad and maybe one or two other guys. And um so basically we got to know Carl through Carl, just started coming into the shop at Mittler's there and was begging for a ride. Just give me a chance, give me an opportunity. And um and at that time they had Larry Gunzelman driving the truck and he had a little bit of sponsorship money to bring to the table, so he was racing or whatever and he crashed a lot. <laughs> Larry Gunsman. Yeah. You are listening to that Dinner with Racers podcast? They talk a lot about Larry They're oh. <laughs> wrecking a lot of stuff on yeah. every, every one. He crashed a lot. So, uh, Mittler was just like, man, we need to do something different. So, Dad was like, well, why don't we give Carl a try? So, they ran a couple races with Carl there and um, obviously ran really well. I think he finished seventh at Kansas, I believe. That was like a breakout deal. It was Mittler's first top ten. It was a huge deal. And um, so... We, at that same time, we had been talking about moving to North Carolina. Our dad did because he wanted to do some motors and NASCAR. So um, dad was finally just like, kind of screw it. I'm packing up. I'm going to North Carolina. And uh, Carl was like, well, I'm going with you. So they actually lived in the Walmart parking lot in an Astro van for about a week here in Mooresville. And dad was looking for a job and Carl was looking for a ride, you know. And uh, and so we packed our bags and ended up moving down here a couple weeks later And dad had got a job and Carl didn't have nothing lined up yet, but he's like, I know that that's where I got to be. If I'm going to make it to NASCAR, I'm going to have to be in North Carolina. So he came with us and, um, and he, he lived with us for about a month or so and got that deal with Roush. And that was kind of the rest was history. And, um, He's done a lot for me throughout my career. I haven't really got to see him much, you know, quite a while. I but, don't think anybody's seen him in a while. Yeah, he's off the grid. Yeah. He's uh, he's back home in Missouri actually farming is what he do, does mostly. So oh, cool. I, ha- I haven't even heard what he's up to lately. Yeah, he uh, he's doing a lot of farming. Um, I, from what I've heard throughout, you know, through mutual friends, um, he, he's he got a crop plane. He, you know, he's got his pilot's license, He so he sprays crops and then uh he'll be in his tractor he's farming a bunch of stuff i think for like the state of missouri for ethanol stuff so um so it's pretty wild but uh yeah he's like off the grid nobody that's just how he is he's a very private guy
0: yeah he came out here and he he made he made a pretty good chunk of change out here driving those nascar cars all those years and did well for himself but that's cool that he came to town with your dad and And your dad's, you know, you guys have done well for yourselves over the years, too.
1: Yeah, it's gone really well. And then there was another guy that moved down here with us was Dennis Killian. And uh, he became one of the top Jackmen in in NASCAR. Um, He worked for Roush for, I don't know if he's still at Roush or not, but uh, I see him every once in a while. And. Uh, he was one of the best jackmen in in NASCAR, and uh, you know they used to do that pit crew challenge down in Charlotte, and he he's won that deal before, so it was pretty cool. We all all uh, three had a lot of success down here.
0: Gotcha. And just a moment, we'll continue talking more with Nick Hoffman. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. I'm Kyle Armstrong. This week we're talking to Nick Hoffman. Well, Nick, you were just talking about Carl Edwards a minute ago, and Carl became pretty famous for doing the backflip, but you also have became pretty famous for doing the backflip, and I wanted to ask you how you learned how to do
1: that because I don't believe I could do that. <laughs> yeah, so that was another thing that you know when Carl was hanging around us, uh, we ride dirt bikes a lot, and uh, at this time I'm only seven, eight years old, um, and I was pretty wild on a dirt bike and four wheeler and stuff. I crashed a lot, and he just thought it was hilarious, you know, um, all them guys. Because my dad, he never bought me like an 80cc four-wheeler and then two years later buy a 100 like he just bought me a 200 straight out you know out the gate so I was like you're just going to learn I ain't gonna just keep buying four-wheelers as you get older so I was pretty wild and then uh so Carl would be over at the house a lot and one of those days he decided it'd be a great idea to pull the trampoline up to the swimming pool and we'd jump off the trampoline in the swimming pool so um he just taught me how to do a backflip on the trampoline basically and then into the pool and and you know the kind of stages of it, and I was wild at that age, so I just it, it wasn't no fear, just you know pull it off. So um, and then from there transitioning that to the ground was a, a big step, and then <laughs> yeah. from off the race car onto the ground. Um, so yeah, it uh, it all come from him, spiraled from him, and um, and then you know nowadays I don't really do them as much anymore. It's got to be a pretty significant win, but um, I just you know I've kind of gotten over it, just doing them and and all that
0: yeah as frequent as you win it would kind of get old i guess but i was going to ask you if you still do it much i don't remember seeing you do it yeah
1: i think the only time i did one this year was at volusia maybe uh, one night but uh, yeah i just i do them a couple times a year a handful of times so uh, i did one at charlotte last year when i won charlotte they they kind of pressured me into doing it so <laughs> yeah. any of those type of situations where like the fans want to see it or whatever i'll do it i got gotcha. you well, when exactly did you get your start in racing, and and what was it in, and what age? Yeah, I was four, uh, was racing quarter midgets at the time, um, so just racing around, you know, the Illinois area with Bunker Hills, a little dirt track, quarter midget track there, um, and there was a couple other places we'd go, but uh, tried stay lo- staying local with that, and then when we moved down here when I was 10, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of dirt racing to be had, so, um, so at that time, I just... I did a lot of bandoleros and legend cars and Allison legacy cars and arena cars and all that asphalt experience, uh, which I feel like helps me now, but that's kind of where I remember meeting you and stuff in those days. Yeah. So I did a lot of that asphalt racing, uh, did some asphalt late model racing and stuff like that. And I, I got back to dirt, um, around when i was 14 i think it was 13 14 i uh, grew up in st louis watching dad race and that's you know race dirt cars and that's it and then come down here and there wasn't much dirt racing to be had i felt like so uh, especially at my age so um so then we we stepped into the uh back into street stocks at that point yeah street stocks i remember you were racing at cherokee
0: speedway in the limited sportsman and there weren't there weren't a lot of slouches in those days i mean you had mike messer and scott Tessner and yeah. Many more out there. Yeah, they were all 45. Adam Yarbrough. Yeah, they 40,
1: 45-year-old were... guys. I'm this, like, 14-year-old kid. And you
0: came in there, and, and and I remember the first race you won. I actually looked it up. It was February twenty-fifth, two 2008. I was there. You actually did the back flip that day, and that was pretty cool. And I asked you earlier how many wins you thought you had since, and
1: you kind of said you don't really know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, I, I never kept track of that, never really – I don't know, cared to, I guess, but I just, I know I got over a hundred, hundred, 150 big checks. So memorable wins, you know, a decent amount. So, um, it's gone pretty well once I got back into the modified stuff.
0: Yeah. So then you, you transitioned from the, from the street stock stuff and then you started running those modifieds and you were with like freedom chassis or something. Yeah.
1: So, um, my Monte Grice, um, who kind of led me down this path of building race cars um he was hell of a fabricator worked at ganassi during the day he actually worked at dirtworks back in the day when they were building 300 cars a year he was one of their main guys and um and then he worked at ganassi when he moved here and he would build one or two modifieds a year and that was just kind of a pride and joy thing for him and he was building my stuff and I could come in there. I'm just this kid and I could tinker with stuff and tell him like, Hey, I want to move this bar here and do this and that. And he'd do whatever I wanted. Like didn't care. And, um, that 2012 season, uh, I had, I call it my breakout win, which was the Gator national in 2012. And, uh, that was huge for me. Uh, I remember like I won, I, I, that was the only time I've like cried in victory lane. Cause that was like such a big deal. Um, Past austin dylan i think for the lead and um just wild but um that was in a freedom car and that was huge for him too i remember him calling me that night and he was super pumped up and that year he got diagnosed with cancer and ended up passing away from us and um so that's when i came in and bought a lot of his equipment and kind of started my own deal the elite chassis brand and um the very first night we debuted the elite chassis at Eldora was the fall nationals in October. And, uh, and it, there was 137 cars qualified quick time ended up winning the heat race. and I won the whole deal. And that was kind of a fairy tale deal. And I feel like he, uh, wouldn't have been possible without him. I know he was watching over that night. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't think I'd really ever heard that much of the story
0: on how you got started with the elite chassis. What year was that?
1: Yeah, it was at, at the beginning of 2012 is when I won the Gator national deal. And at the end of 2012 is when I when I uh, started the Elite Jass. And you were probably 22 years old at that time. Uh would have been uh, 20, 19. 20, man, that's amazing. To... Nine, yeah, I was 19 because I was straight out of high school and dad was kind of, I was still living with my parents and stuff and dad was on me like almost every day, like, what are you going to do? Like, And I'm one of those, I don't really talk much as far as like communication of what I'm going to do next or even where I'm going to race next. Like they just kind of, I don't know. It's just, I'm bad at communication, I guess. But, um, so dad's like, what are you going to do? Like, you want to build motors? You want to do this, that, you you know, and I didn't want to go to college or nothing. So I decided I was going to try this chassis gig out, you know, I'd become a decent fabricator and stuff. So, um, it's nothing but just a bunch of Lincoln logs. You got to put them all together. So, um, so yeah, it's worked out obviously to, to win as many races we have with all my customers and my customer base is huge. So it's, it's worked out really well. Yeah, you said you're someone that doesn't talk a lot. I've got you talking tonight,
0: so it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I I just, as far as communication, like, Dad gives me crap all the time. Um, Be like, where are we racing next? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. And then about two days before the race, I'm like, hey, we're going, you know, we're going to go to Illinois this week. And so he's like, oh, all right, well, I'll get in the truck. So, yeah, I just, that's just how I just go by it. I just, um, I don't know, do my own thing.
0: Yeah, I remember a few years ago, they had a big race down at Cherokee Speedway to Blue Gray, and you just reminded me of that. You're, I think I texted you on that Sunday at about one or two or one, I don't know, earlier in that morning you said, no, nah, I don't plan on running. I'm still in bed. And then, then you, then you said, yeah, I think I'm going to come down there. And you came down there and
1: you won. And I think it paid 2000 to win or something. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, did it a couple of times th- throughout the summer this year with the algars Like we, we were like, well, we ain't going to race, you know, go most of those races are within an hour or two of their shop. And it's like, uh, we ain't gonna go and then I uh, will go you know so, right? so we end up being there and you know hope for the best
0: yeah that's exactly right well you've uh, had a lot of success in a super late model whenever you get the chance to drive a super late model I really think that you're one of the best in the business when you line up with them guys in a super late model and I just uh that you don't really have a ride like right now lined up and I thought back at the first of the year it seemed like you told me you had a really good ride lined up and you know, yep. I don't know what happened there, but I, I really hope to see you back in one of those soon.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to do some more late model stuff uh, in the future here. Uh, obviously, Strickler is, you know, going off and, and killing it in the late model stuff right now. Yeah, so. I
0: think you could be right there with them. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: just the late model deal is so cutthroat, you know, like um, everybody's racing for a living, basically. Um, and everybody's pretty much got a crew chief now. It's so tough to to keep up with them, guys, if you're not racing, you know, every single week. Um, and I was trying to do it part-time here and trying to do my modified deal part-time and, uh, both of them end up struggling, but the late model ends up struggling way more than the modified does. So, um, so it's a tough deal. Uh, the Hatcher family is who I was driving for before. Um, and they had great equipment and, you know, it was a really good ride and just ended up going different directions. We, we left, you know, happy uh, they're actually going to be at my shop tomorrow, just uh, dropping off a of motor. So we still do some of our motor stuff for them. So, um, so they were great people. It was, it was a blast to drive for them. And uh, I've had good late model rides throughout the years. I just, um, I need to get in something that's going to be full time, you know, maybe do a Lucas deal or an outlaw deal or something. And I feel like then I could really show what we got. Well, I hope you can get that opportunity because I mean, you've, went out there and made the show
0: and lined up in the world 100 a couple times in the north-south 100. And, you know, those are crown jewel dirt late model events, and you've got yeah. out there and ran very decent in those races. Yeah,
1: I, I'm, uh, it's pretty cool to say that, you know, I made a start in the dream. I've made the start in the world, and, and I made the stream this year, the stream invitational yeah. deal. So, um so yeah, anytime we show up at these, you know, crown jewel races, which is what I've ran mostly out of anything. I didn't run very many local races and any late model stuff is like north south and, you know, Fairbury PDC and that type of stuff. And, uh, we lined up pretty good in all of them. So, um, I've, I've only got two late model wins and they're both at Eldora and both pretty decent races. So that's pretty cool. But, um, but I definitely want to get more, more races in.
0: Yeah. I talked a lot last week with the Strickler about Eldora and it meant, it means a lot to me and you've won some pretty important races there. So just what does it mean to you? Yeah.
1: Eldora's you know, anytime you get to stand on that stage is, is wild. Um, my dad raced there for years in that fall nationals race and he's led it twice and never ended up winning it. And then I went there in 2012 and won and that was pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, to win on a late model there was really neat. So um, any any race car is gonna t- driver is going to tell you that, you know, standing on that stage at, at Eldora is so prestigious, and uh, there's not really a whole lot of guys that's gotten to do it. Yeah, I love going up there, man. It's
0: always fun. I, I think I mentioned that a lot last week, but it sucked not getting to go this year. And actually, you mentioned you ran the stream. I, I For some reason, I forgot that you even ran that race. I yeah, think it your so summer, long ago, it I felt think, like. I think your summer was so successful, it kind of <laughs> overshadowed that. And like we said earlier, I mean, you won 12 wins on the hill tour and, you know, a lot of big modified races, $24,000 worth of wins in one weekend in Illinois
1: back in September. Yeah, that was a pretty cool weekend. Um, two nights at, uh, at Farmer City, the first two nights and the first night I was just okay. I think I ran second. Uh, I think McKinney won and I just felt like I was okay. So I went back to the shop and got to work and because uh, there's lot, obviously some big money coming up in the next couple of days, so uh, I ended up coming back to Farmer City that next night, and winning was 2500 deal, and then um, then the next night was at Fairbury, and Fairbury's, I think most people know, Fairbury's not my best race track, I normally suck there, so um, was able to win the 10000 there, and it wasn't good by no means, like I, I struggled that night, it wasn't that good, and was able to you know hold them off and win by like less than a half a car length. Like it wasn't it wasn't one of my best showings, but I was able to win. And when I got through that night and won that ten thousand that night, we had a ten thousand next night at Spoon River, and I was like, man, if I I won the one at Fairbury, like my confidence is high. I'm like, I'm gonna go to Spoon River and I'm gonna win that one. So we uh, went to Spoon River the next night and was able to win that. And that's one of my best racetracks. I just knew that you know any any situation I could win that one. I've, I've, that Spoon River seems kind of like an underrated track. You Man, I, that, that place is like, I feel like Illinois' hidden gem. Yeah. Like, there needs to be an Outlaw Race or a Lucas Race or something there. It could put on a show. Yeah, for sure. I've
0: heard a lot about it and seen some races from there and everything I've ever seen looks good, but it just, it doesn't get talked about like these fairberries and...
1: Yeah. It's in the middle of nowhere, like literally in the middle of nowhere. And there's a lot of people that show up to, you know, as far as fans and stuff, but it's high banked. It's like a a smaller version, like Eldora or a bigger version of like I I 55 or something in in between. And, uh, always smooth, gets slick, has no walls in one and two or three and four. It's just, uh, it races really good. Like you can throw big sliders and stuff when they get to run around the top. And it's a really cool racetrack. I just, uh, it's an old guy that owns the place and he's owned it, I think since the seventies or whatever. And, uh, it's pretty neat. It's just, uh, when we get to go back to that place, it's, it's, it's fun.
0: Yeah, man. I've got to get out there to Illinois sometime. I mean, that's, that's where the racing is. We actually went to Boone, Iowa this year too, for the summer national. I mean, the, not the, uh, the rain national, the <laughs> rain nationals. Yeah. yeah. The Boone super nationals is really what I'm trying to think, think of IMCA. But I texted you and asked you, I said, why don't you run that? And you said, IMCA and UMP are so totally different. And yeah. I maybe just briefly explain what's so different, because man, you got to get out there and see that plate, see, do that one year. For yeah, sure.
1: yeah. I would, you know, if I did it, I'd have to drive somebody else's stuff. I just the IMCA deal versus UMP, it's a literally a totally different race car. Like from chassis wise, it's not that much. Like our cars are legal to run IMCA. All we got to do is run a, a, the stock frame rail uh, all the way back. So that's the only difference, uh, chassis wise, but man, every single bolt on component for IMCA has to have an IMCA sticker on it. So that makes you where you got to buy into everything of their spindles and uppers and lowers, everything's got to be theirs. So then you got the tire deals totally different. Then you got crate motors. Everybody's running that crate deal and my dad's an engine builder. So I'm furthest away from supporting a crate division. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's a totally different deal. And, uh, so I just, I've never done any of it. You know, we just built a USMTS car a couple of weeks ago for Will Krupp to run. And I haven't done any of those races either, but, um, those are a little bit closer to UMP, but UMP is pretty open. You know, we're open motor rule. Basically you got to run a steel block and, you know, and it's gotta be a wet sump deal. And, um, from there, or you know, they got some measurements on our body stuff and that, this and that, and, uh we're pretty wide open where IMCA is pretty locked down on on everything um their cars still look like they're from the 90s but yeah. um everybody gives us crap cuz we're we're so wide open but i just that's my type of racing
0: yeah i agree but the the, the IMCA thing's kind of neat too because those guys out there have so many tracks they can run those same rules at yep. every week and it's kind of i don't know i, I we just the carolinas this area
1: doesn't have anything like that yeah yeah it's definitely struggled down here and it always has um just too many guys trying to put their hands into it you know you get one guy comes in wants to do uh you know one one or two shows and it just screws the whole series up well nick you're talking about that race
0: coming up at volusia
1: uh when exactly is that and tell us a little bit about it the day the Buzzy Rudiman race. Yeah. It's the 21st, I believe of November. So it's here. It's on a, it's a Friday and Saturday deal, but it's uh, three weeks. So uh, I'm actually probably going to go the week before and run a local show at Volusia just to try and shake my stuff down again, since I was a brand new car. And then, uh, Fox shocks is a big supporter of mine. They're actually renting all tech speedway for about three days. We're going to go down there and test with them for a couple of days, try and get some stuff lined out. We're working on some new things and uh, then from there go straight over to Volusia and, and go to that deal. Normally that deal pays 10000 this year with the whole COVID deal and stuff. It's going to be five, but definitely the same heavy hitters will be there. And, uh, it'll be a really good show.
0: Should be a good show. I plan on probably tuning in and watching it online or something. Well, I, we haven't really talked about Millbridge yet. I mean, you kind of had a chance to cut your teeth there a whole lot. Your brother-in-law and your sister Ashley run that track, and, man, they do a good job. They've really brought that place from – the ground up and really made that place a you know world-class facility in my opinion and there's actually a big race over there this week
1: yeah it's uh turned into a premier facility you know anywhere you kind of go in the country people people know what it is and um i'm able to spend a lot of nights over there i was i was over there last night my sister and brother-in-law do a, a really good job with that place uh to see pictures like on my facebook will pop up like six seven years ago and see what it looked like then and to what it is now it's uh it's pretty crazy they've been really working hard this last week uh, hauling rock and building new parking and everything leveling a lot of trees and uh because this micro race this week there's a lot of guys with big stackers and stuff and gotta be able to park all them guys so uh we're heading over there tonight Um uh, i helping one of my buddies ricky stenhouse jr gonna run a micro this week so that's pretty cool um and yeah just it's uh, it's crazy. I think they said earlier there was sixty-five micros in the pit area already wow. at like twelve o'clock today. So uh, paying fifteen thousand, and if you win the race, you get a free ride with Keith Coons at the Chili Bowl, which is uh, what it, what it's all about. Yeah, that's a huge deal. I actually
0: went by there this morning about nine o'clock. I was actually headed to RCR, and the place was already pretty much packed with haulers in the pits. It was pretty neat to see, and like you said, I've seen pictures pop up from years ago at Millbridge, and the place didn't look like much then. I remember you and I, back whenever I had a go-kart, we went out there one afternoon and just played and just just putting water on it with the garden hose. (laughs) We turned on the music on the PA, and we got out there and just played and ran all afternoon, and that was a lot of fun that day. But the place
1: then... I mean, it didn't have those billboards around it and it just was all together. Yeah. My sister has done a really good job with the marketing side to, uh, really push that deal and, and get a lot of partners and stuff. And then, uh, Jeremy does a really good job on the racetrack side of prepping it, uh, and running a show and that type of stuff. Uh, my sister's very hard-headed and hard to get along with for a lot of people and I think everybody knows that it comes in races there but uh you know it's her way or no way and uh you know every racetrack's got that person um and and she's the one there so um yeah it's pretty neat and you know anybody's seen videos of that place how small it is I mean I've I bring my modified around there, you know, a thousand times, you know, anytime that we build a new car and need to shake it down somewhere, just take it to Millbridge and put the old 650 gear or 750 (laughs) gear in that thing. And, uh, and, you know, turn some laps, make sure nothing falls off, which we probably should have did last week. And this might not have happened, but, uh, but yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, and now, you know, the micros, everybody was like, well, that track's too small for micros the micros put on a hell of a show there. Like this week will be a really good show, non-wing micro race. So um, the Outlaw cards, I enjoy racing them. I've made a ton of laps there and, and um, I have fun beating the boards down at that place. Yeah, that place is pretty cool. I, I do, I plan to get over there tomorrow.
0: I'm probably not going to go tonight, but I will go tomorrow. This is actually a pretty busy week for me. I'm going to go to Millbridge tomorrow, Tuesday. Then the World of Outlaws last call race is Wednesday and Thursday. And man, I'm looking forward to that, even though it's kind of different than it was going to be, but in the middle of the yeah. week, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool to split them
1: up. The late models and the sprint cars, um, sucks there. You know, they ain't going to have the big blocks there this, this year. I would really wish they would put a UMP modifieds with the late models. The sprint oh, cars. that would have been cool. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it'll be a pretty good show. It always is. Um, the late model has been testing over there. They tested two weeks ago, um, and the racetrack's like way faster than it was last year they put new dirt down reconfigured the banking a little bit and it definitely raced different for us this week uh but the late miles they're running almost six tenths faster uh the test this year than what they were last year so it's gonna be pretty wild
0: yeah i saw some videos from testing and it just looks fast hell it was fast this weekend with what was there. Uh, and I think the track would be in great shape too. They'll have a little bit more time to kind of prepare it and work on it.
1: Yeah. That, that world short track deal is tough for them to, to prepare the racetrack and, and try and stay up on it just cause you know, you got seven. They just divisions. don't have time. Yeah. You got 355 cars in the pit area and um, it's literally a hustle from when they start to when they finish to even just make the curfew, you know? So uh, they ain't got time to get out there with a motor grader or get out there with a water truck and try and pack it back in or any of that stuff. So, um, it was really good. Uh, it was a little choppy the first day there, but that second day it, um, you know, it was pretty smooth and was pretty good. Well,
0: let's see, what else have we got here? I think we've just about covered it all really, but if you got anything else you want to add to the show. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, I'll say this, I, man. I mean, I've considered you a pretty good buddy of mine all these years and, you know, we we're always going in separate directions and we're busy, busy all the time. And, uh, but man, I, I really do appreciate you coming on the show and doing this it's such short
1: notice. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. I, you know, I gotta keep up with you. Cause hell, you know, one, we always say it, we joke all the time. If there's a concert or there's a race within two hours, Kyle or Casey Armstrong is going to be there. you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty wild. And then, you know, you go to these GNCC races and uh our you know mutual buddies dirty grass soul kevin deadman and them guys pretty cool so I get to see you in more places than just the racetrack.
0: Yeah man I, I love going to concerts. Music's a big passion of mine and man this year has pretty much sucked. We I went to a show in and- february and then pretty much after that there hasn't been nothing a couple of little dirty grass old yeah. things and
1: yeah it sucks because like i'm really big into live music myself too so i like to go to local bars and and see local guys and stuff um got a lot of buddies that that are in music and um this year you just haven't got to do it so uh ricky did a couple deals at the house with the the covid do like a live concert on his instagram and stuff that was pretty cool a couple times and then um Kevin Deadman actually came to the ho- to Ricky's house uh 2 or 3 weeks ago and played a little bit for us so that was cool but yeah it's just this whole this whole year's been screwed up and, um really hurt a lot of small businesses and stuff and luckily my chassis business was was striving pretty hard and was able to get out there and win some races and and keep it going throughout next year it's just um you know it's been a tough year for everybody that's for sure
0: yeah it's been a tough year and we've got a pretty important election day tomorrow but you know I think we know who we're pulling for but yeah we won't get into all that (laughs) politics on here but anyway man well i really do appreciate you coming out and doing the show today i really do and probably go ahead and wrap it up here it's been another episode of the forward bike podcast i'm your host kyle armstrong and we plan to see you again next week